Welcome back. This is the soft count. So game one happened last night. <laughs> As most of you know, for uh, Celtics and Golden State. So I, I, I'm not really... My, my opinion hasn't changed. I had kind of taken Golden State four or five. It's I mean, obviously, it's got to be five now. But they pretty much dominated the game. And then the Celtics hit nine for 11 threes in the fourth quarter. That's probably not going to happen again. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Al Horford ended up having almost like 30 fucking points, which is insane. He's an old dude. He has no business scoring 30 points. <laughs> He's done that like twice now in the playoffs, and he'll, he won't he will do that in this series again, m- most likely. <laughs> uh, Steph Curry was on fire all game, just banging threes early. He had like 21 points in the first quarter, but nobody else really could get going. Just felt like they looked a little lackadaisical, like the like they weren't ready to play. I don't know. It just felt weird. Um, it's important for Golden State to get angry. I think they look a little embarrassed now. They lost at home, and they always say the series doesn't start till somebody wins on the road. Well, they won on the road. <laughs> now you guys need to get four four in a row for me to look good. <laughs> I think, though, overall, I, I don't really like what the Celtics did. Jason Tatum had 11 points or some shit. Maybe 13. I don't know. I said he either gets 30 or 10. It's like, he's if they play like that, here's the thing. If the Celtics, they did something that I was really shocked about. They took Marcus Smart out of the game, which is what I've been saying. Like He's going to be the reason you guys fucking lose. And they just took him out of the game, put Derek White in, and that Pritchard dude, and they won. And so maybe, maybe they just don't play Marcus Smart. Like, he can't score. And here's something that the Celtics did, that, or uh, that, that Golden State did, that I thought was really dumb. And they played Andre Iguodala so much. He is done. Like, you guys got here without him. You dominated the playoffs without him. Like the, the lineup you have going into this is what you should be playing. It's what's hot. It's what was burning. I cannot believe they put Andre back in there. Like, that's not that dude. He hit one three pointer and then was like a ghost out there running around trying to set picks, set screens for people. It's just, eh, nobody needs that. <laughs> so I thought Kerr kind of made a, made a big error there and, and playing him so much because I just don't see his value anymore. You've already got Draymond out there not doing anything. I mean, is my fucking point made yet? Everybody for the last three weeks on television has been raving about Draymond. He's one of the all-time greats. It's like, no, he's not. He's not even close to Dennis Rodman as far as being the greatest defensive player of all time. And I already talked about their stats before. And this game that he just played yesterday was a fucking dud. That was trash. He can't score. His defense is okay, but he's not like Rodman out there getting every fucking rebound. And, you know, it's funny. I wanted to bring this up because he had talked about, like, he got he got kicked out of a game this series, and they were like, he's like, yeah, you got to earn that reputation. I'm like, do you realize how you earned that reputation? What your move was? He had a move. He jumped in the air and kicked you in the nuts. That was Draymond's – that's what got him his reputation that he thinks he earned. It's like, motherfucker, you didn't 
or it wasn't like you were some hard-nosed player. You were literally kicking people in the crotch. That was your move. And it's like that that turned you into this dirty player and, and earned you this hard reputation. It's like you're not hard. You literally cheap-shotted people in the nuts for like fucking ever until you did it to LeBron, and then they came back and beat your ass 3-1. to one. And it was like, well, I guess I should stop doing that. And now, anytime he does something just a little aggro, people are like, oh, he's earned this rep. Get him out of here. It's like he didn't earn shit. He was kicking people in the balls, and he stopped. Now, he's just an average-ass player out there that doesn't really get in anybody's head anymore. He shoots like Russell Westbrook. It's, like, fucking embarrassing. His form, it's like, why, why do you shoot like that? You've been playing basketball your entire life, and I've got a better-looking jumper than you. How is that possible? <laughs> it's, like, fucking mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing to me. That ugly-ass shot of his, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. He's not, uh, he doesn't get into my fucking Hall of Fame. You got to be better than that. You got to be better than five assists and that's it for to get into my Hall of Fame. Anyway, all they really needed was Clay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins to make a few shots last night and the game's over. It was just like Steph Curry out there keeping them in it, like beating their ass for three quarters. And then honestly, the Celtics went nine, you know, they shot 53% from the three point line in the fourth quarter. And that shit just doesn't happen every game. It's just not, not even for the fucking Golden State. I just, and Al Horford ain't going to get you 30 tomorrow, like on Sunday. It's not going to happen. So they're going to have to find another way to win. Because the, the way they won, and I told you, I have I see no way for them to win. And then Al Horford scored 30, and it's like, okay. They're, okay, fine. If Al Horford can go out there and be fucking Shaq that can shoot threes, great. But he can't. <laughs> not every night. And so that was that was the one blind spot. I'm like, and I've thought for a while, like the Celtics can get Game One because they're on a streak, and the, you know the other team's been sitting around. But I didn't see. I wasn't sure how. It's like how can they? And then it's like, well, Al Horford does. That's how. <laughs> okay. How are you gonna do it next time? Because <clears throat> the because Golden State, they're gonna do what they already did, which was pretty much punish you most of the game. And those other dudes that missed are gonna start making. And as the series goes on, you just came out of a seven-game series. You're pretty fired up because it's game one, but you're going to get tired. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I still think Golden State in five. I want to talk a little hockey just briefly so you don't have to turn this off real quick. I just wanted to mention that all of my best bets for the Rangers game, the Rangers-Lightning game, hit. We had a perfect best bets night on the Rangers-Lightning game. Uh, all the guys I said that needed to score scored. We kept it on the under for Igor, uh, under three goals, basically two and a half goals. They only scored one, I think, or two maybe. I think they might have scored two, but it was the, the, the over-under was three, basically, two and a half, and we took the under. We cleaned up in that hockey game. If you took any of those best bets for the hockey game, hot stuff there. Next game's up tonight, I believe it's tonight. I'll be watching. There's nothing else on tonight. Uh, basketball doesn't pick up again until Sunday. I just wanted to mention that pretty hot. Also, some things I wanted to talk about with the UFC real quick. One of them is I really do enjoy their events in London. They're sweet. The problem is is that none of the peripheral shit gets done properly. I've spent all day, all fucking day. The, the fights are on tomorrow at 1 p.m. 
I've spent all day trying to find the weigh-in pictures of everybody. All I can find is like Volkov and Jaisinro, maybe a couple other people. I tuned in for the actual weigh-ins, which was today instead of yesterday. Because it, it's in fucking London, so everything's all fucked up. But anyway, I, I tune in for the actual weigh-in. And they're getting like one fighter on the scale every 30 to 40 minutes. It was just... I don't have time for that. I got a bunch of shit going on today. I'm trying to see every fighter. I've seen like three of the fighters. And since then, as the hours have gone by, this was like early in the morning, um, I still have not found any pictures. I, I can't, you know, even on the major websites for UFC, MMA Junkie, you go to UFC's website, you can find the heavyweights and that's it. And it's like, you guys have, let's take a quick look here. They got one, two, three. They got 14 fights tomorrow night. And really tomorrow afternoon, but night time for London. There's going to be 14 fights. And I don't get it. How can I not find all the information on these guys? How can I not? Because here's the thing. Finding information on fighters is one thing. I can look up a fighter's record. But that doesn't mean dick to me. I need to see what they look like right now before the fight. Because it matters. That's how I make almost all of my bets. I need to see what they look like right before the fight, preferably the ceremonial weigh-in. So as awesome as it is going to be to have UFC back this weekend and be able to watch all the fights, the information available for for the gamblers is, is next to none. And the only information I need is visual. I'm not a big analytics guy when it comes to placing bets on fighters. I need to see what kind of shape they're coming in at. Your previous shit you've done... There's only a couple things that I want to know. Like, stylistically, what kind of fighter are you? In your previous fights, that tells you kind of how you're going to be in the future. Like, what are you? Are you a striker? What, what kind of fighter are you? Okay, that's fine. But the deeper analytics, like, this guy throws this many strikes now, and this, it's like, I don't care. I need to know, because that was what you, whatever shape you were in before. And fighters, for every fight they're in, come in in a different kind of body shape. Sometimes better, sometimes worse. It's never the same. It's impossible. You're getting older between fights. And some of these guys only fight a couple times a year, if that. Like, Kamaru Usman's had a couple cupcake fights lately, and I just feel like he's disappeared off the map. I barely see him fight now. He knocked out Masvidal, and that was a while ago. And he was fighting a lot, you know? And then it just kind of stopped. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of pissed about how it's not been easy to find information uh, visual information for these fights this weekend. So I don't really know the shape a lot of people are in. And so what I what we'll do is we'll do our um, we'll do some bets. I'll give you guys some parlays of some of the fights that I do know about, and then um, I'll we'll do a, our I'll, I'll I'll pick a fight. I just I'm honestly going to tell you right now, like I don't know what kind of shape most of these fighters have come in. So I. I I won't be putting a lot of money on any kind of parlays with all the fights. I'll bet on a few fighters tomorrow night, and I'll tell you who those guys are. So uh, let's do some uh, fight night pickups. So I was kind of shocked. Aaron Blanchfield's minus 500 against J.J. Aldrich. I, I actually saw J.J. Aldrich weigh in. She is in really great shape. She's normally kind of a heavy set fighter, but she came in real thin, really, really sharp looking. I don't, I'm not sure why she's plus 400 unless Aaron's fucking Shevchenko or something. I have no idea. I'm probably going to stay away from this fight. I, I don't like the odds. The first fight of the night being minus 500 plus 400. Like, I have no interest in that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> not, not about it. 
there's some crazy odds all weekend. I'm just not into. I, I like I said, I haven't been able to see any of these people. I've scoured the internet. I've waited up on fucking live streams, waiting for them to go live. Like I don't, I don't get it. They've really dropped the ball for the gamblers. So, in fact, I'm not gonna pick all these fights. I just can't. I can't give out info on shit I just don't know. But here's one thing I do know: Tony Gravely is badass. He's minus 135 against Johnny Munoz Jr., who's plus 125. This is a big fight for Tony. He's got to get this win. If he gets this win, he's going to start probably creeping up onto the early you know, fights on a main card at some point, one of the earlier nights. He's not an exciting fighter to watch because he's a wrestler. He was a college wrestler. But he always comes in in shape. He never gets gassed. He's got decent stand-up. But his ground and pound's fantastic, and his transitions on the ground are as good as anyone you'll see, especially for an American. Tony Gravely, tomorrow night, minus 135. I'm taking it. He'll also be a part of a parlay later. We'll do a prop for him as well. Another fight I really like is um, this Alonzo Menafield fight. He's fighting Asghar Mazarov. I just like Menafield. He's badass. He's huge. It's a light heavyweight fight. He's really sweet. He's going to be looking for the knockout. There's a couple ways that fight can go, but I'm going to go ahead and take Alonzo at minus 238. The fight after that is Ode Osborne, who I really like. He's been on a fantastic tear. He's minus 182. I'll probably take him as well. And I'll probably do some uh, some prop bets with him as well. We'll see. Pollyanna's the underdog, Pollyanna Botello. She's plus 107. I'll take her. Danny Ige is plus 320. Uh, he's going up against an undefeated dude. Dan's been a dog, though. I'm I'm smelling an upset just because Dan's hard to get out. He really is. I really enjoy watching him fight. I think he might get it done. Plus 320, Dan Ige. Watch out. I mean, honestly, the, the main event, I can't believe Jaisinro came in at plus 136. And I know a lot of that is Alexander. everybody thinks, well, Alexander has amazing kicks. He'll be able to keep him at distance with his kicks. Maybe. But Jaisinro is fucking jacked now. His chest is like, oh my fuck, man. He is terrifying. Alexander's big, too. They're both big. I like Jaisinro, though. He's been on a tear. Alexander's been kind of a letdown to me lately. He's a great fighter. But Rosenstrike needs needs to get the win, and he'll, get a, he'll start getting a look at the title, hopefully. Plus 136 for Jaisinro. So here's a couple couple parlays for you. I like Jaisinro at plus 136. Ode Osborne at minus 182. Tony Gravely at minus 132. And Jeffrey Molina at minus 172. That four-way parlay will put you at plus 917. 100 bucks will get you a grand. Not bad. And there's really... The only upset on that would be Jaisinro beating Volkov at the end. When you're looking to make some nice parlays like that, that's always a nice way to go. I also have another kind of wacky parlay that I like this weekend that is, uh, let me go to my bets. My gambling side of choice. I've got a Tony Gravely by decision, which is plus 225, an Ode Osborne by KO, plus 240, and a Jaisinro Rosenstrike by KO, plus 210. 100 bucks. Get you three grand. Three things, but they are props. The three three things that have to go your way. But I really like it. You'll like this too tonight. Let's check out our dollar, 
on all the favorites before we hit it. All right. So this weekend, if you were to put a dollar on all the favorites, which we always do, you would get plus 33,000 odds. So that turns into 331 bucks. And like I've said, I've always hit, I hit on this thing a couple times a year. It take, you know, you invest. There's not fights every weekend. You probably invest like 40 bucks or something. I don't know. I don't know how many weekends off they have, but uh, it'll hit. Unlikely this weekend. I think there's bound to be some pretty crazy upsets this weekend, just because there's some wild odds. But those will be our fight night pickums. Next week, when we have better access, we will uh, we'll have more parlays for you guys. There's just not enough info. So yeah, fight night pickums. Fight night pickums. Saw LeBron became a billionaire today. <laughs> He's like my enemy now, right? <laughs> I love LeBron, but God damn it. I just, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. A billionaire. I want to talk about Clay Thompson real quick. <clears throat> He's done. I mentioned last time that if they get if they gets a ring that he should retire, he should retire regardless. He cannot move like he used to. He's slow. <laughs> there was a moment in the game in the first quarter, like everybody's spread out and – fucking Boston's in like this zone and they kick it to him and they're like all right you drive in and then kick it out to Steph Curry that's what they clearly were trying to get him to do and he starts driving in and kind of dancing around and it just looks so slow and he just has to kick it away like nobody's even collapsing on him he went like six for 14 he was terrible I don't even think it was six for 14 he was like six for 17 something bad like it was he was bad and it's clear he doesn't have the athleticism that he used to have. So here's what the, the, they have to get Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins involved. And they probably need to put Kayvon Looney out there again. Like they need to go back to that lineup and then bring in Clay Thompson as like a sixth man. He's, he's not good. He's still a great shooter from the three-point line if there's nobody in his face, but he can't create his own shot at all anymore. It's, it's gone. The speed, the spring, the just everything—it's gone. Unless it, unless he was just like in a, having a—it's uh, not even that. Like nobody just has a "I'll do better next time" game in the finals. <clears throat> that was—it was, it was uh, pretty shocking. It was really shocking, actually. So I just think I think Golden State's just got to get uh, get Andrew Wiggins going. He's been playing really well. I hear I hear a lot of people kind of praising Jason Tatum's performance on television today. Like, man, even though he didn't score, he got a bunch of assists, and and they kind of bring up his thing where he talked about not being sure if he's the guy or if I'm the guy. All this shit. Like, dude, you're not the guy. I love you. I've been praising you for like years now, waiting for you to be the guy. But you're almost 25, and you've got kids and shit. Like, it's time to – it's now. You're in the finals, and you scored fucking nothing. You think LeBron James is getting 10 points in a finals game ever? Or KD? Like, we're, we're just going to get – we're going to get 10 points tonight. That would never happen. And we're not even talking about Michael Jordan or guys like that or Kobe. Like, it's unacceptable. You can't get 10 points in a finals game and be the guy. Ever. You'll never be it. Because that's on your record now. Permanently. Boom. Anytime ever anybody ever says you're the man, I can just go back to this game and be like, remember this game in the finals? You're lucky we won. 
You're lucky Al Horford rose up from the fucking grave and scored 30. Otherwise, we'd be down 1-0. And I'll tell you right now, they're going to be tied 1-1, and then they're going to be down 2-1. Golden State, I I just... Steph's, Steph getting 30, like all he needs is one other guy to play well. That's it. And and the Celtics are done. They had not. They didn't have one other guy the other night. If I'm Steve Kerr, I get Draymond's ass off the court. Like, listen, the only thing you're good at is kicking people in the crotch. So get out there and kick somebody because that's the only thing that you can do now. I need you to go out there and get thrown the fuck out of the game in the first minute of the next game so we win. Because one, we play better when you're not out there. And two, our team will be all fired up because you went out there and got thrown out of the game and everybody's mad and you'll want to get all fired up. Like, you're fucking, you do nothing out there. You didn't get any putbacks, no, re, like, nothing. Ugh, it was terrible. That was a terrible performance. I feel like Kerr's, like, forcing his veterans out there. Like, what is Iguodala doing out there? The dude hasn't played, I don't remember the last time I saw him play. It was, like, in the finals two years, three years ago was the last time I saw Iguodala play. Like, why is he out there? Your entire playoff run has been a breeze, and these dudes have not been a part of that run. So, you know, and I get, you know, I guess maybe Gary Payton Jr. needs to be playing. I mean, he doesn't have a broken arm. Put him out there. He's practicing. Iguodala's a bust, though. You can't, you can't. I mean, he's not a bust. He's had a great career. It's just over, though. He's old. He can't be out there playing with Draymond Green. So right off the bat, you got two guys that the other team knows can't do anything. Like, these two guys, we don't have to worry about at all, period. Dude, I see people play play off of Draymond like fucking eight feet, ten feet off of him. And you know, it's funny. Like, all he does is talk shit on his podcast and on TV. He's like Pat Beverly where he like he's fine criticizing anybody. But when it comes to actually like grinding and getting better, like, that's not, that's not a possibility. And now he is openly like, oh, basketball is not that important to me anymore. Like, that makes him sound cooler. It's like, it really, it makes you sound like I would trade you or cut you. Like, if you were to, if, if you play poorly like that, and then you're on TV and on your pod saying, I don't really care about basketball, like, it's not number one for me, and you play like absolute garbage, like, I have no room for you on my team. Why do people like this guy? Honestly, like, I don't. Honestly, I don't think anybody does. Just Colin Cowherd, really. <laughs> I guess, I mean, he's got millions of followers, I guess. I mean, lots of people like to relate to people that aren't good. Like, oh, this guy sucks. But he's a success. I love it. I relate to that. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't get it. I do not get the appeal of him. I, I just, whatever. I think I think Golden State would be just fine without him. He doesn't do anything. All that rah-rah shit that people talk about. Like, if you don't have... Like, you think Steph Curry's not fucking cutthroat and, like, crazy? I mean, I mean, Draymond's crazy, but there's crazy people all over the NBA. All over the NBA that don't take any shit at all and will knock somebody the fuck out. I've never seen Draymond Green knock somebody out. He talks a lot of shit, but, like, if that's what you need, I mean, there's better guys than that for that. Guaranteed to protect Steph Curry or whatever. Draymond ain't protecting nobody. He's just a liability. I don't get it. 
All right, I'm done with ranting about him. Sorry. But every time I turn on the television, all I'm hearing is raves about him. Even this guy today, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm done. I can't, I can't go any further. It's like, why am I even talking about this guy? It's like talking about James Posey. Like nobody talked about him, but here we are. The fights this weekend should be good. I, I I'm really excited to see Jaizinho. I, I, the last couple of fights I've seen with him, I thought, okay. He's turned the corner physically. His chest is stronger. He doesn't have a lot of excess fat on him. He hasn't really gotten tired. He's also more aggressive. There for a while, I thought Jaizinho had a tendency to just sit and try to find the counterpunch. Which in boxing, when you have 12 rounds in a boxing match, it's a great plan. <laughs> Tank Davis did it and got him in the seventh round. He, he threw 28 punches in that fight and got him in the seventh round and knocked him out with a counterpunch. He just didn't exert anything. Jaizinho is going to want to do something similar. He always does. The problem with that in the UFC is there's just not that much time. You've got three five-minute rounds. In his case, he'll have five five-minute rounds. But when you're a heavyweight, you never want to think about this going past the third round. There is n- there's only a handful of heavyweights that'll even that they get excited about shit like that. And those are like wrestlers, guys that can take you down and you know, wear you out, but strikers and shit, nobody wants to go deep. It's just, you lose all your power and then you're just hitting each other with no power and you get all fucked up and nobody likes that shit. So I'm looking for, um, hopefully one of these guys gets it done in an early, an early round knockout. I think that's probably pretty likely with Jaizinho. All he has to do is tap you and you're falling down. I really do think him and Derek Lewis have the hardest hits I've ever seen in UFC period I love to romanticize Mike Tyson I do I really love it he was growing up my grandfather used to always buy the Mike Tyson fights my mom and I would go over there and we'd watch the Mike Tyson fights with my grandpa great memory of mine in fact my grandfather just bought all of the fights like anytime there was like Riddick Bow, anybody any pay-per-view that was back before the internet like people actually had to buy pay-per-views and shit and so that was like one of my favorite childhood memories with my grandfather. And my grandfather, there's all a lot of kids and I didn't really I didn't like hunting. And my family where I live, like that's shit people do. <clears throat> and so I didn't have a lot of like I wasn't hanging out with all the men in my family. I was like, you know, doing my own thing, playing guitar or whatever. I was like kind of an outcast in the family. I played sports some, but mostly it was like, you know, getting a dust up on the street. And then I didn't like killing animals. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't care for people, but I didn't want to go out shooting animals. It just wasn't ever my thing. Yeah, I eat meat, though. I'm all about it. It's fine. Somebody else can do it for me. It's fine. I just felt bad as a kid. Probably now it's no big deal. I used to fish a lot. so But fish are like aliens. They're like not even fucking animals to me. They're like, it's not even, I don't know. They're different. Anyway. Um, so I'd go to my grandfather's, spent a lot of time watching all these great boxers growing up. And I can tell you right now, and this is, and I mean this, Mike Tyson, as much as I love him and as much as I've seen him fight and I know what his power is, he was 5'10", 220. Like Mike Tyson wouldn't fight in the heavyweight division in UFC in his prime. He'd probably try to lose weight and go down to light heavyweight. There's no fucking way Mike Tyson could fight a guy like 
Francis Naganu right now. Well, maybe Francis. I, I, Francis is a terrible hands. Like, he could probably fight if they weren't allowed to, like, wrestle and shit. Or given that they were all trained equally. Like, I just don't think people realize the size difference. Even against a guy like Derek Lewis, how much bigger he is than Mike Tyson was in his prime. It's crazy. I think we romanticize all the, that old shit. Hell, when you talk, I remember the big conversation growing up for me was who would win in a fight, Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? And my initial reaction when I look at all those old fights of Mike Tyson is like, well, Mike Tyson would kill him. But it's, again, that's what you thought George Foreman was going to do. And you don't realize it, but Muhammad Ali was like 6'4 and probably 250. A lot bigger. It's really shocking. I mean, that's what made it so amazing to me, Mike Tyson as a kid, is that he wasn't very big. I mean, he was muscular and scary. But, and and a lot of people are like, well, he knocked out big guys. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. He knocked out these big white dudes that look like they work as like at like an appliance store on the weekends. The guys that wear the belts around their waist and shit. Like big, fat, tall white dudes. Like, yeah, you knocked them out. I saw it. They were slow and useless. They weren't Tyson Fury. But most importantly, like, Mike Tyson was the best athlete back then. Now, UFC, I mean, boxing in general, like, everybody's a pretty great athlete now. Not to say that Mike didn't fight some good athletes. He did. I'm just saying. It's like watching Wilt Chamberlain dominate motherfuckers. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. Boxing goes through these phases where it is loaded and then it isn't. And then it, and there'll be, like, one guy that can dominate. And then, like, the Klitschko guys. Boxing was down. And they dominated. Tyson Fury, though, had a dance partner in Deontay Wilder. And honestly, a dance partner in this Usyk guy and, and uh, Dylan White. I mean, he's got some other guys that are kind of challengers. But, you know, whatever. Mike's great. He's super great. I just don't know, like, how can a guy that size hit as hard as Derek Lewis, who's 265 pounds? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Did, I'd have to look it up. I don't know if Mike ever boxed anybody that weighed 260. That's something I'd have to check out. That's a lot of weight. I'm going to check that out. On the next podcast, we'll talk about that, because that is something that's really intriguing me right now, because... If you really think about weight and weight divisions and all these things, it's something to really that really intrigues me. Is it like how would Mike Tyson do? And people are like, "Well, he can't." I'm not, I'm not talking about like if he could do MMA or not. Like regardless, it's just I look at the athletes then and then the athletes today. Say he could train and he was just as good at, at MMA as boxing. It's like irrelevant to me. I'm just looking at the athletes and size. It just seems like everybody is a fucking mountain now. And Mike, even at his most terrifying, was never a mountain. I feel like the biggest guy I ever saw in box might have been um, fucking Buster Douglas. Like, Buster Douglas was huge, but also in shape. You know, he wasn't like a schlub. When you saw him take his shirt off, you're like, oh, damn, this guy's big and strong. But I don't know how much he weighed. I'll have to check that out. We'll check that out for next time. Last couple things. I'm taking the Rangers tonight. I'm going to be watching some hockey, I think. I've been playing that Diablo Immortal game on my phone and on my PC now. It's pretty good. It's free to play. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. 
Uh, Formula One, they're off till next week. The season's been really strange with Formula One this year. I feel like it's really spread out, and part of that might be as in a reaction to the last few condensed seasons they had with COVID, but I feel like there's like a race a month. It feels like it's going really slow this year. I don't know why, but I'm dying for it. So we'll check back in with some more Formula One. I'll check in tomorrow for some post-fight review because the fights start really early. Start at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'll get up, you know, get my smoke on, turn on some fights, make some bets. And then after that, I want to do some best bets for the basketball game on Sunday. And uh, we'll kind of go from there and see how the week goes. But, yeah, go Rangers tonight. If you guys have any questions, make sure you hit the like and follow. And then uh, hit me up on Instagram. Drop me some questions. I got a couple more questions on there. And I was kind of waiting to build up a few more. But I've just been kind of answering them as I go. I had a uh, – somebody asked me about Brittany Griner on here. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, what, why, why would you – first of all – Whatever you're, I, I just, I listen, I'm, I'm pro weed. Okay. I'm still not taking it anywhere outside of my, anywhere. I'm not, I'm not going places with weed. <laughs> so like, you know, everyone's like, she's being unlawfully detained. It's like, yeah, she is. But it like, you know, she opened the door. I don't know what to tell you. Like you went to a country that we don't fuck with and you're arrested there. Other countries we fuck with. Russia we don't really want to fuck with especially during a fucking while they're invading another country like it's not it's just like a I can't think of a worse idea than during this invasion of Ukraine to take weed into Russia I cannot think of a worse idea and so therefore the question that was asked about me what what do I think about it you matter it's like I don't care I don't give a shit because your her IQ clearly is just not high enough for me to care like you don't matter to me anymore and I know a lot of people are really upset about it and they really want to bring her home and all this shit. And it's like, listen, drugs are not legal around the world. It's barely legal in our country here. Depending where you live, marijuana is either illegal or legal in this country. But it's for the most part, like everybody's like, hey, we all like weed now, even though we still have like tons of people in prison about it. And it's like, it's a complicated issue even here right now. And then to take take it to Russia, like, how can I help a person like that? Can you think of a worst possible thing to do in today's society right now? Like, what's the worst idea you could have? Oh, I'm going to try to sneak carts into Russia right now. I can't think of a worse idea. And so when you ask me how do I feel about it or what they should do, like, I, I mean... <laughs> It's unfortunate that they want to use her as a pawn now. But like I said, like if you did that, like like how absent my I don't I don't fucking I have I, there's no place for you. I have nothing to tell you. I don't I don't care anymore. Really dumb. Enjoy the fights this weekend for all my fight fans out there. Sorry there's no Formula 1. I hate when the finals come. They need to get the finals going. It should be every other night. They play Thursday night, and then they play Sunday, and then, what, Tuesday? I don't know. That is so stupid. Or Wednesday, I think, again. Like, it's supposed to go three weeks. Give me a fucking break. Like, what's what's the advantage for wiping out the teams and waiting for these guys if 
if they have to go seven games, but then they just get like a week off in between the games and the finals. Like, what's the advantage to beating the pants off of anybody while they just give you breaks in between the games? Like, I, I don't get that by the NBA. It's a dumb idea. I'll be on Diablo. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy summer. Fuck, it's been nice getting some heat. I'll talk to you all soon. Later.